Welcome to the Fat Cats Rugby Podcast, bringing you candid rugby conversations, great interviews and insights into Ugandan rugby, and a touch of rugby in Africa and the world over. Fat Cats Rugby Podcast is a product of Fat Cats Media Brand. For all your audiovisual content needs and equipment hire, hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Cats Rugby Podcast on a very, very chilly evening, Tuesday evening, uh, when we record. Um, Edwin just sent me a message saying that uh, make sure that when you are uh, talking to someone, someone, don't call them darling if they are not your darling. So uh, it was something that was uh, particularly interesting. There was something on social media where a girl put out uh, a message uh, saying that uh, please don't call someone else's person darling. Perhaps they were offended by something, but that's the beauty of whatever comes out of the rugby community, especially after an interesting weekend as the Rujumba Sevens. I'm here with Caesar, the fellow fat cat who is uh, living his best life, enjoying some tea. Caesar, yes, sir, yes, sir. where have you gotten the inspiration to be like this today? Sevo, Sevo, Sevo. My role model, my biggest role model. Sevo is your biggest role model. Why? I'm going to rule the country with educated human beings. <laughs> <laughs> we are not going to get nothing to that <laughs> politics. But all I know is, um, I, I hope you, you're, you're ready to sip the tea the way you were sipping it on those national addresses in, during COVID. Yeah. I hope the, the, the mics are able to pick up the sound. But anyway. <laughs> Another rugby weekend comes to an end, and yet again we look forward towards uh, uh, an upcountry um, circuit. The week we usually use the week to just relax at this point because we were really asking for water by the end of Sunday. Um, We were at uh, Kings Park in Boyogedere, the Rujumba Sevens, a very, very interesting tournament. Um, But before we get into the Rujumba Sevens, we have two distinguished guests with us. Uh, I think I shall start from the far uh, end. Um, Alan Olango of uh, the Rhinos. We're going to get to know a little bit about him. Alan, how are you, sir? I'm okay. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, God. Uh, thank you so much. Mm. How was the weekend for you? I know as a player it can be very limiting. You guys don't get to uh, start drinking like at 9 a.m. like the, the, the people who are waiting for the happy hour. <laughs> yeah? yeah, but still like, mm. we enjoy like uh, we still have, we get the same fun just like uh, other guys who come in to watch because mm. we play, we be playing, we doing what we like. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the weekend was really good. Uh, the weekend went on well. We played uh, just that uh, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't meet our targets, but still, uh, I should say the weekend was good. The tournament itself was good. What was your target for the for Rujumba Sevens? Yeah, we're looking at uh, reaching uh, finals for the Rujumba Sevens, but uh, it came short because uh, we didn't uh, we didn't top our group, so we met a uh, match. We met a tough, a tough, a tough, uh, a tougher team in, in the quarter, so it made made it very difficult for us to, to reach the semis and go 
the, to the finals. What was your fondest moment really from, from the weekend? The weekend? Yeah. Uh, I should say uh, playing Cobbs in quarterfinals. Yeah. Yeah, that was the moment, yeah. Yeah, because it's a game that you trailed fast for quite a while, yeah. um, putting season a lot of pressure. Um, I'm sure at that point he had even ordered another cup of tea when he was at <laughs> Kings Park. But yeah. then you somehow found it in you to, to, to have a resurgence and come back. But unfortunately, it was too little too late. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, we woke up in uh, the, the last, last minute of our first half. And then second half we came in, uh, we played well. Just that uh, I think the yellow card also costed us in the first half made them score, made them get the opportunity to score more tries, like two tries. And then from second half, we realized we could, we could, we could do better. So it's, when we started coming up, uh, unfortunately, time wasn't on our side. So, but it was really a good game. Off, off, the, uh, off the pitch, really, did you have anything that you enjoyed about um, the weekend, besides the, the rugby action? Yeah, yeah. I would say yes, uh, the fans that came in. Uh, it was really good uh, seeing uh, that number of fans coming in to watch rugby for, 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 for a two-day tournament. Mm. Yeah, that was, that was something that I, I really liked. Did you sign any autographs? <laughs> no. You, know, you don't think you've reached that level yet? <laughs> not yet, not yet. Anyway, we are going to come back. But um, uh, the person closest to me is uh, someone, I should consider him a good friend of mine. We have tangled a bit on the pitch. Um, we have uh, transitioned into different directions. He's still clinging on to his playing days, um, but while also imparting his wisdom onto the younger generation. And I'm still telling him that he has the legs to perhaps get a national team call up, especially for the 15s. Mr. Trevor, to see me. Trevor. Yes, sir. Thank you for honoring our invite to the Fat Cats podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I have been waiting for mm. August person. <laughs> Where have you <laughs> been waiting? <laughs> hmm? We actually, when I was envisioning um, a, a podcast with uh, someone from Mongas, I thought maybe you guys would invite us by the beach, yeah. uh, water, fish. Well, that be a nice set setting. Maybe another time. We will organize that. Please, that would be very, very nice. But anyway, um. There's a lot to talk about, but uh, Mongas, really, um, it's, uh, there's been a sort of a transition as well going on in, in Mongas. Yeah. We used to as, uh, assimilate Mongas a lot with um, the old guard, yeah. um, a lot of experienced players, Simon Wakavi um, and, and the like. But now we are seeing a lot of young boys, Mike, Mark uh, William Lukwago yeah. and uh, Aaron, uh, he's called uh, Robin. Robin. Yeah, so many of those guys. So what inspired that transition? And maybe just walk us through how you, from a coaching perspective, you saw um, the Rujumba Sevens for in, in, in the Monga's perspective. Okay. Um, previously, I think right after lockdown, that was 2021, uh, that's when I was called up to be head coach sevens for mm. the mongers okay. and I immediately thought you know what to hell with the old guys let us groom the young talent now the old guys can come and um, support the system in the 15s but we need to create culture to groom players into a culture that will stay longer than just now we don't need old players playing now 
and uh, 2024 you don't have a squad you're starting from scratch you're fighting relegation i'd rather fight relegation now and then groom the team for the future so without me they won't again look um, out of place you understand so from that time i immediately started calling up young lads and we started uh, a transition in culture and also the style of play had to change as well uh, to favor the skill set and the young lads in the system. Well, that was great. Um, but um, from, from, I don't know where I did, I didn't, if I'm to be honest, I don't think I saw um, you being that kind of person that would be in, a, in, in, in coaching. Mm. I, I, I saw you move like on, more on the upper side of management, in the corporate, in marketing, in everything like that. Yeah. I may be legal. Mm. Um, what really gave you that spark to take on to that responsibility? Because it's something that is very, very, it's not, yeah. it's not an easy job. It yeah. needs a lot of patience. It needs a lot of homework on your end. Yes. So yes. where did you get that, that? What inspired you to really become, to take um, on that coaching mantle? Surprisingly, right after my high school at HANA International, I started some work with Miles, surprisingly. At, oh. at Turkish Light Academy. I started coaching there, and the schools, coaching in schools is really tasking and challenging. So I learned how to deal with the young lads, which explains the kind of squad I, I have right now. So just like that, I started coaching in schools for about two, three years, and I think I did so well with Light Academy because I was, I was on the coaching team when they actually won uh, their first title. And straight after that, I started helping out with the Django squad in Mongas. And um, the management of Mongas actually noticed I have the skill. So I was called up in 2021 to take over the seventh squad. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Caesar, you've been there quietly enjoying your tea, eh? Yeah. Like a real uh, planned kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? But uh, uh, tell us about your weekend. I know, you know, your, your prediction almost came true. Yeah. You did tell us that Pirates would not make the final, and they didn't make the final. Unfortunately, in your predictions, you did account for heathens. Heathens mm. that always knows how to ruffle Cobb's feathers. Yeah. So, in, in, you've had a bit of time to reflect. What are your thoughts about Rujumba, on pitch and off pitch? Uh, Rujumba, Rujumba, first and foremost, on pitch. Uh, the, the, the tournament was really good. I wasn't able to watch day one because that some unavoidable circumstances on top of my wedding um ah, a wedding i attended please director director you recall from last weekend we were said exactly here and we said the only reason one should uh, should miss a circuit is when it is their own wedding. What has Caesar said now? My wedding. <laughs> My no, no, you no. see, Kampala men, you always give yourselves. <laughs> no, you see, when you don't attend weddings, when you don't attend weddings, <laughs> yours might not be attended. Anyway, let's go back. Which is not um, a bad thing. <laughs> Says someone who is single. Anyway, uh, the games. The games. I watched day two. I watched day two. I missed day one, but uh, from what I saw on Twitter, it seems day one was very interesting. Uh, very very interesting and when day two when day two day two was really amazing day two started with a game against rhinos that shook me a bit 
I am I'm, I'm first and foremost impressed and I'm happy Olango is here. Mm. I'm impressed with what Rhinos is doing and uh, kudos to them. They're doing really, really good. Uh, Mongas that found itself, you know, doing so well on day two. The rugby has generally improved. King's Park rugby was amazing all the way. Like the girls, the placement games were amazing. It's just unfortunate that such rugby will be only will be out uh, overshadowed by a mistake call or a discussion about a ref's call or anything but generally the rugby was really 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 amazing and then off pitch i don't uh, this? <laughs> they said i oversight don't like pirates anyway i don't like pirates but <laughs> but their organization off pitch or, 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 or I don't know. I don't know what King's Park does, but they outdid themselves on, on, on the weekend. The party was really amazing. And despite the truth coming out and they, they not getting to the semi to the final, um, they don't go away. The party is still the same. They talk to you. Man, King's Park was really amazing. The fun, it was fun-filled. People stayed there. They attended. Uh, all clubs didn't go away. Like all clubs stayed, it was really merrymaking. They, uh, we were whining about the ref school. Then you find guys trying to explain the ref school. Then Edwin is talking about so many things that you probably won't remember saying. No, it was really, really amazing. Off pitch and on pitch, the rugby was high, high, high quality, and the fun was also quality. I enjoyed. I enjoyed day two. I really did. For the first time in a long, long time. I left King's Park at 10. I never. I always leave King's Park at 6 p.m. after the game's end. By this time, I was around... Father emphasizing, emphasizing the, the narrative they put out about uh, Cobb's no, uh, no, fans. No, no, me, me. That Cobb's me, fans, after the games, they leave at 6 p.m. No, it's PM. me. I, I don't like... You asked me. It, I didn't, I don't, yeah, I'm also just in I don't like, don't attack me. I don't like yeah. not attending King's mm-hmm. Park. Be, not because... I just don't like King's Park. The Batman on Sunday. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> the party was really really also King's Park is known for new ghosts now me <laughs> new ghosts why waste time when I'm not going when to you're finish married, eh? when I'm not going to finish the okay, uh, okay. okay. yeah then it was fun it was uh, fun um, uh, let's before we talk about the trophies mm. a little bit <laughs> yeah? what do you think we can do about because um, there's been a scandal about and I want to pick your minds as well about this um, the scandal with uh, the referee Umar uh, Balikanda, who had a very, very good um, tournament. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, the sad bit of this life is uh, many times you will not get the flowers for the good that you do. Yeah. It will be taken as an everyday thing. Yeah. But the one time you mess up is when the whole world comes at you. Mm. Um, in one of the hottest moments, adrenaline, excitement, and for those watching, uh, intoxication there was a call that after review seemed like it was wrong. How did you feel in the moment? Oh, surprisingly, I laughed about it. Uh, not because I wasn't hurt, mm. but because it's just usual. Usually, Kao, uh, I don't know whether it's a Kalango, Kao always has footage. <laughs> always has footage. Like, they always have... So, every time I complain about a ref's call, then the cow footage comes online then i start doubting myself i said eh was this a bad taco or it was an okay taco 
was the kick in or was it it in? Then I start creating doubt. The issue with heathens and cobs in 15s, mm. I was so, so sure about what the call was, how bad the call was. But then the footage came and I was, all of a sudden I wasn't sure. And I was like, eh, but this one, banang, mm. <laughs> this one. Like, because I knew, I knew, I knew, first of all, was it going to be a penalty try or not? Because clearly, Otugo was going to score when they went for his neck. Mm. But all those things, that call just shocked me a bit. It shocked me a bit, and in shock, probably I was also not okay in my mind. But because of that call, I I laughed. I laughed about it. I laughed about it. And when when I saw Umar going to talk to the AR, I don't know his name, AR, I for some reason I knew that call was going to be overturned. Uh, people say Cobbs fans whine a lot. And yes, we have a right to whine when calls are stupid. Not good, sorry. Calls are not good. Call it stupid if um, you feel like it. It's fine. Like, for some reason, and Ian, if you see that entire movement, Ian got the ball. He was so sure it's going to be a penalty. Ian got the ball and stood there. But when I saw him, I'm going to talk to that TJ. Then I saw 20 heathens players, okay, <laughs> hypothetically, around the TJs. I, the TJ, I, I really knew what was going to happen and unfortunately Umar always from last year Umar has been a good ref but unfortunately his day will be judged by that uh, my opinion about this refs are human beings they make mistakes it's just that our issue and I'm going to say this outright our issue uh, is all these mistakes that happen much deciding mistakes that happen always favor one club and i've said this before they always favor one club and i'm not blaming the club i mean it's not their fault for them they are players they go i don't know why they always favor them and that's my biggest issue i talked about it on twitter and someone came and told me but for you for us and and there's no problem with clubs complaining about ref schools i don't like it when clubs get their ref schools and pocket them because mm. they are comfortable with the bad officiation or they know that because if they come or not favoring them as such uh <coughs> they know whether they complain or not nothing will happen the decision has been made mm. then when i choose when i have a right to complain for my club then you bring out your calls but even us even us you bringing me another wrong to justify a wrong doesn't make sense the call was really bad and we should do better. We should do better. I don't know how. We should do better. That same AR, if you remember, Kid Goom made a very controversial call that Karim knocked forward. I looked at that footage. They said Kao's footage was one-sided. I kept quiet. That's why, like I told you last time, I don't like talking about refs. Let, let me look at the positives. The rugby was really good. That heathen's team, and I think I told someone in the semi-final, that heathen's team was very, very organized. They went back to the heathens without Aaron. The heathens with basic rugby. You see, Aaron is a superstar. He brings some flair in heathens rugby. There's no flair in that club. But when they play their basics, take the ball, rack, take the ball, rack, pass the ball, they're really good. And the entire tournament, they really were that structured, basic club. And they played well. They played well. They held us. They played better. We could have capitalized, you know, in some instances, but we didn't. But 
unfortunately even that will be forgotten because they got they won their trophy of a very freakish decision now one can argue because if you notice tomorrow didn't give a penalty try he had called a penalty in that instance before they overturned uh to the knock on maybe we could we could have scratched a not one it's not scored maybe there may be but unfortunately no one will know because an ar made a very weird call yeah anyway um before we really uh, get uh, much into this because i want to really pick um trevor and alan's uh, minds on this <coughs> just to um to just tell people as they're saying caesar having his uh, his tea and us just choosing to have our beverages of course me with my nail special and uh, alan since he's playing Choosing, choosing to stick to water. This is the one thing I don't miss about being a player. Our man. resident Nile guy told us these mm. bottles. <laughs> one yeah. is made from Barra because it has uh, a bigger neck. I don't know. We <laughs> have to go back right and maybe confirm with one has a smaller <laughs> neck. Uh, one from Barra <laughs> and Ginger. The one from Ginger has a smaller, a smaller what? A smaller owns a neck. Let's call it a neck. <laughs> so and then it's slightly bigger. Then he also talked about the saltiness in water. I was like, saltiness where in, water in water Uganda do you find salty water? Barra. There's no ocean, nothing. No so but the man has to <laughs> probably you know uh, these guys can just be there. Yeah. But we are being served like this at the uh, Excelsis Garden uh, hotel. We all know what <laughs> Timmy <he> supports. <laughs> <laughs> they are the beautiful Excelsis uh, uh garden hotel, very, very serene. Um it's it's if you're looking for a getaway and you don't want to get out of town, this should be your place to be because it's very quiet. Um great service they have i mean they gave you a second table just for yourself um to be comfortable here you stayed like uh, like our judge um and um for those that are in, in business the conference rooms are really nice the bar area is really sporty yet casual if you just want to get out of home and come and just um watch some rugby even if you're watching anything else or just want to chill the restaurant and bar area is nice but the rooms as well are really really amazing and it's affordable but i'll let um them have to tell you more about the pricing in regards to their services but you should know that you can call them at uh, using the number plus two five six two hundred nine zero four three nine nine, or you can use plus two five six two hundred nine zero four nine nine nine, and that's Excelsis Garden Hotel for you. But anyway, um, Trevor, just turning to you, um, we've been talking about referees from a coaching perspective. We know the sacrifice that you put in as coaches, sleepless nights while the players go back home to recover. You guys have to take those extra hours to assess how the day was, assess how the training or the game week or game weekend was, and then you have to uh, put yourself in a position where you're preparing. So that means those extra hours, that extra effort, the extra courses you have to do. How does that feel when a referee decides a game and unjustly decides it? And how do you think in Uganda we can be able to rectify that situation? Um, I really. I really do not blame the people who are banned for overreacting the certain coaches and all that because it is extremely painful. And to me, um, as a coach having a very young squad, it's painful. It's painful. With uh, They put in so many hours for you to just come and make a wrong call. But going back to... Um, 
that call that was made in the final. I wouldn't blame Umaru ideally because he's I would say top three in the country right now. Yeah. But how you know is he didn't make the call. He called the AR for consultation. Now but the call is being made by the referees. I would blame the system. Why are we still making calls that are wrong, yet we are consulting both ARs in the system? So, I take it back to their coaching. Is it, uh, do they release them too early? Are they being coached right? Because there's a lot of sacrifice from the players, um, from the coaching staff, sponsors sponsors one call like that would send your sponsor out of the system so basically i'm just saying we should be very mindful of what is at stake when certain calls are being made especially in the finals who is on the touch who's running as an ar who's running as center referee who's managing a big game it doesn't care if it's a group game i cannot be seeing someone of of little or no experience managing a game that involves let me say the winners uh heathens of Rujumba Sevens maybe versing Walukuba because Walukuba is actually a serious potential team mm. so anything can happen in that game but a call would change the dynamic heathens may finish second and boom just like that Heathens is playing maybe Pirates, and you don't know what happens. You leave a team like that in the quarterfinals, which is good for our sport. But because of our call, pathetic. Alan, from a, from a player's perspective, have you ever been on, uh, on the side of a wrong call where you feel like this referee really was not fair to you guys? And how do you, you as a person, how do you react to such? Yeah, uh, very, many, very many occasions. I've been uh, it really hard as a player. You really feel actually more in in that moment that you're playing the game. Mm. Really, when you're not uh, mentally strong, really, actually, it, it spoils your game. Yeah. Uh, in very many occasions, I've been uh, when when I'm playing, uh, refs have made uh, okay. I would say maybe mistakes. Uh, they've made bad calls, but you as a player. You've seen a different thing, and for for me side also he takes it as a different thing. So uh, going back to uh, what happened over the weekend, uh, just like Trevor said, he for me takes it takes the blame to the system. Me, my concern is uh, what what is then being done after after realizing a ref has made a, such a call, a bad call or a wrong call. After maybe seeing it from a footage or something what is being done to such a such a referee or what's being okay what action is being taken after after that mm. so me that's uh that's something that uh that really worries me what i keep asking myself what's being okay what's going to be done after yeah I, can i add yeah, yeah, sure. i just feel like in the solutions part mm. i do not know whether they're doing refresher <coughs> courses more mm. often but i feel like they need the most refresher courses even possibly every after a week. I don't know. Okay. Caesar, 
Um, there were people on social media talking about uh, TMO, TMO, not knowing that also the dynamics of, of a country having TMO are not just um, um, the basics. You don't just call for TMO and even just go and order stuff online and then you start being a TMO. Mm. But in a country like Uganda where we are still even trying to get the bare minimums consistently right, what do you think can be done to um, help referees? Yeah, look here. Uh, there will always be, even in international games that have TMOs, there will always be bad refereeing calls. Like, in, this is sport. Mm. Every there will always be an unfavorable refs call. My issue, my issue here is, uh, I don't know how to bring this up. Maybe accountability. Maybe because Ruben, none of us here knows whether Umar was paid on Sunday or not. Allowances, none. Because none of us, none of the clubs contribute to the unions or to the refs association. We don't know where they get their money from. Are we going to wait for, for, for sponsors? It's like in central government, how a judge, a judge, they have their own appropriation and they are paid differently and, and all that stuff. Or like separating arms of the government. These are refs that we will always attack, but we don't have the right to attack them because we don't pay them or we are not party to. Well, let me put it down a bit. Um, in a club, say, like mine comes, or, or say, uh, okay, let me just use, like mongers, because if I use comes, it will bring other things. Like in a club like mongers, if uh, something is not running well, mongers, if I'm not a paid up member, I can't, I don't have a right to come and ask the Mongas Association or the club why this is going wrong, why this is going. Because, but when I'm a paid up member, I have a right to question what is happening. These refs, me, I think one of the solutions is we ensure, we ensure that refs are very, very well funded. Uh, we should reduce some of the money they give to the servant setup. And we give to to the refs because uh, who are you taking away the seven set up? No, money reduce now? because where we've reached, we can't get more money. If we get more money, well and good. But if we don't, we reduce score, man. And those guys are well funded and they are doing well with their money. But we reduce and pay these refs when we pay them. When even if the clubs like clubs have an association, I think the CRT, the chairman's roundtable, let them agree as a club that each club parts with say. A hundred, one million. Each club puts, okay, we don't have, but um, hypothetically, one million. And each club puts that one million into the referees association. Where, what does that take away? That will take away, that will take away the idea that uh, refs uh, have patronage to the places that take care of them. Ooh. If all these refs, and I'm telling you, it's human nature. If all these refs train, coach, hang, eat and do everything at Chadondo. It is only Why human are you nature. identifying Chadondo? No, okay. Legends. <laughs> if uh let's say refs let's say refs coach uh uh train and chill and do everything. Adilo is all is always that legend. Yeah. If a call comes and it's a fifty fifty call and he can it's only human nature. But if we remove that patronage where all clubs feel like they can hold a ref accountable me, that's one of my solutions, so that we ensure 
that every time a reef comes, we are going to Fort Porto. Do the reefs know where they're going to sleep? Do they have allowances? And I'm not saying 20k per day. Like, this is a man who works that is going to, because now me or a player can say, I will come on day two. A ref can say, I will come on day two. Because he has to ref day one. So he has to leave his work. Let's ensure that their stipends, that their, their uh, livelihood, their allowances, everything that they need to do their job is catered for. And then, then there, we, shall, we can always say refresher courses, we can also all sorts of things, but this is the way players, the way players won't play to the very best because they've not, you know, they've not trained well or they've not been paid, they don't have allowances. It's the same way the refs will go through. So first and foremost, we have to ensure that remuneration is top. And when we do that, and we have a responsibility to, to, to the what? To the refs association. Then we can call them out. But we can't call them out. And Olanga has brought a, a very good yeah. submission. After that game, there was a very heated meeting with the refs in the corner. But that's all they do. Utimba made a call. Utimba made a call against heathens, against cops. And he was a judge to have made a mistake. And the, the union wrote a document, said the call has been... They said so many things. But in, in a nutshell, they said Utimba had made a... I don't know, I'm not on Twitter so much, I don't know whether Wutimba came out to apologize for his bad call. He didn't. Like, no, accountability. I also think, I also think that uh, referees, um, it's also wise for them not to just come out like that. I don't think their organizations allow them to do that. Even let, in let Uganda. Let the organization apologize. Have you, it may be that. Let the organization apologize. Because even, you see, it's not easy for you to get a referee um, to speak. An active referee to just come yeah, out and yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, would have had Utimba come out and speak. Otherwise, would have had uh, Umar maybe on the podcast. But uh, you know, they also deserve their voice. I just think that's mm. one thing that the, their organization needs to do to work better with, uh, in which they can they can be able to bring out their own statement, their mm. own their side of things. Mm. And if it's an apology, if it's a clarification, then because also one thing you need to understand is in, in in Uganda we have a lot of fans. I also don't know the rules. Even some players. Yeah. So we, many times I have watched. I'm not going to say the name of the club, but I've watched some games with some teams. <laughs> and their fans and their fans are shouting ref 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 but bro that call was not right like yes. like the call they are they, they don't even understand the call they are they mm. are shouting they're for. just saying they're, they're just not. shouting which because, is also okay <laughs> but those are fans so how do referees also get their voice to also handle their handle their own pr and their mm. own image i think that's also another thing that needs to be addressed maybe. and maybe also looking at uh let's say um Real, uh, maybe a fourth consult, uh, consultant, I should say. That's my, that was my next question. What does the match commissar do? Because does, is he just there to ring a bell? He signs he signed, he allowances. Sign, <laughs> and play the horn to tell the time is up. Because <laughs> they should also discuss. But also I want, to, I want to come out clearly. Sometimes you started this, with, this discussion with that point. A ref in a match, hypothetically, will make... 100 calls mm. and of those 100 calls he will get 90 right but unfortunately the 10 or the 5 the 10 or the 5 that are wrong are usually match deciding yeah. you get so 
then we don't have bad refs. Our refs are good because they get most of the calls right. But me, I think the solution one is for us to to hold them accountable. Mm. In order for them for us to hold them accountable, we have to be eligible to ask for that accountability. And the only way we do that is if we involve in their welfare too. Clubs can create some money, let them put money in a reverie society so that the refs, and we demand their accountability so that the refs are handled and not leave it to the union entirely or everything. We have to own this. We can't keep hiding behind the union. We have to hold, hold this as us because we, we will keep doing this over and over again. I'm telling you, there's going to be a club who will come out for Fort Porto with a bad refereeing call. We will keep doing We've been at it. We were in high school and we're complaining about refs. We are here and we're complaining about refs without giving possible solutions because they train. We have educators in Uganda. We have people who train them. They train. But there are certain things that we have to do different if we want them to... to because I think it's putting our spot behind. These guys go through a lot to train, to do everything. The sponsor, we, we will mention very many people. And then one decision like this, one decision like this changes everything. So I think they're doing so well and we thank them. But whereas we demand them to be better and learn better and do, we also need to be better in terms of their remuneration, both through the players and the refs. You know, um, are you aware that uh, in uh, Kitgum, an extra official before we were informed before the seven started mm. in Kitgum, that an extra official is actually seated somewhere outside to spot those things that the, the on pitch mm. or ARs can see. Mm. So I believe that was also in effect at King's Park, but well, the calls are still. So does the extra official make a decision or is yes. an after? Yes, because one of my oh, players. It's a review thing. No, I think, I think it's a review thing. Uh, it's a review because thing. I'm asking myself, if they have no walkie-talkies, how are they? How, how are is they communicating? communicating? That's my question. Because if it's an after-game thing, it's useless. Oh, okay, not useless. <laughs> okay, oh, man, these days you're so, not useless. You're, this is over trying to be polite. It's Say not it as useless, it is. <laughs> but it it's it's because now imagine that game there was an, a fourth official, that fourth mm. official, and then he comes and says, "But you guys, from my vantage point, mm. it wasn't a no-con." Mm. Then they discuss. But one man like this, who was well in his right, made the ref change. Also, anyway, let's <laughs> anyway, guys. So uh, before we, we leave Rujumba, what are your thoughts on the on, on the trophy? Um, three to, we have had uh, three tournaments. Um, we we saw there was a, a slight criticism with the ginger one that uh, the wiring that was used on the whatever but at least they tried they, you give them an a for, a for an a for effort uh. <laughs> <laughs> or an e for effort whichever you want to give them but uh they had medals we yeah. come to uh, kitgum um they was a very very original kitgum piece really did and then they had medals best circuit no so medals at rujumba and an unbranded trophy to make it even worse. <laughs> as a coach and as a player, how would you guys feel about that? After two days of grueling rugby in that kasana, it was there was no not even a drizzle over two days. Mm. How would you guys feel? Oh, it doesn't matter as long as you've won. Oh, plus five hundred k as well. Uh, oh yeah, I was about to talk about that, mm. but very underappreciated. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> 
Alan, uh-huh. Yes, uh, as Trevor said, uh, really after after winning a circuit, two days after being crowned champion, uh, I think it's uh, it's really good to appreciate and players really feel though it's, it doesn't seem to be something very much, eh? but uh, as a player, when you're being given maybe a medal or a nice looking trophy, it really it really looks appreciative to a player, but. Uh, when you're not being given something, it doesn't really show oh. any sign of appreciation. Yeah. So I don't I don't know which uh, which 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 body is responsible for that uh, in this tournament uh, in this tournament that we're playing. But I think uh, going forward it should be it should be something that should be considered. Do do your uh, uh, team managers and coaches and management staff um, walk you through the tournament manual? before is the start of any tournament because maybe there are some things that you miss out that you should perhaps be knowing yeah i think uh, i think some clubs do but uh for a few clubs uh okay i know as a player also mm. you should uh you should you should you should demand you should, you should ask your team manager mm. player you should ask for such things uh let's say like a tournament is coming uh, you should demand. You should know. You should ask the team manager what is going to be what is going to be given in case we are in case we are being in case we win the tournament. Mm. Maybe MVP things like that. As a player, I think you should also request for that from your. You shouldn't wait for the club. Yeah, because you see, sometimes players also um, um, argue from a point of ignorance in that. Uh, so many times these manuals are we have you have representatives from your clubs that sign certain things let's say five hundred thousand ugandan shillings let's say uh, no medals xy tournament or xy number of games and no money or whatnot and you guys from an innocent but naive point of view come out and and complain and look for sympathy on the social media but then at the end of the day Sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot, so I, I really think that also it's something that um, not only um, you here, but also the, all players out there and all coaches and all team managers need to take initiative and in making sure that everyone is being um, told clearly what is going to what is expected from a given tournament before it even starts. But anyway, um, you were recently um, called up for the Uganda Sevens. Um, I want to know what your experience was like being on that stage, knowing that there are Ugandans back there watching you, maybe like a girlfriend somewhere, who knows, maybe you're married, who knows also. And also, um, while you tell us about that, maybe a new experience in the Sevens camp, how did rugby start for you? Okay, uh, rugby, uh, I started playing rugby, okay, I have an elder brother. Okay. He's the one who introduced me to rugby. And I started playing rugby when I was in senior two, not from school, from a nearby, near my nearby pitch, uh, Lango College in Lira. Yeah. Uh, so the school I was in in senior two, we didn't have rugby. But then every time I would come back for holidays. Since that, uh, since we, since the pitch is just next to our home, my brother and I would go there. So that's when I started playing touch rugby with a club. Uh, it was Lira Bulls by then. So would, I, would, I would go there during holidays, but when I go back to school, there was no rugby. It was only soccer, basketball, and other sports. 
So when I reached uh, senior five is when I started playing some serious rugby. I went to Chambogo College. Uh, it's, a rugby, it's a rugby school. Mm. That's when I started playing rugby. We started playing schools, uh, but majorly we play sevens rugby. And also, since our coach was, it was Coach Onen coaching us from Chambogo College. Uh, since he was, uh, by that time, he was the coach for Stallions. Uh, he introduced us to Stallions. I started playing for Stallions that time. I played for Stallions, I think, up to senior, senior six. Uh, from that time, I, I was still around Chambogo College. Uh, I, I came and started playing for Chambogo, Chambogo Rugby, mm. Chambogo Rugby Club. Yeah, then uh, I played for Chambogo Rugby Club, I think, for one year. Then uh, I, get, I, I got done with, I got done with campus. I mean, I, I got done with Form 6. Mm. As I was joining campus, again, my, it's the same brother that introduced me to rugby. Since he had joined Rhinos a year before me, uh, he told me, uh, uh, how about you go and try out playing at, uh, at Rhinos? I think it was uh, 2018. Yeah, it was 2018 when I joined. I went with him, started training Rhinos again. Uh, yeah, that's when I started playing, uh, I should say, the league, the mm. major league, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how I started working. Okay, um, and the, about the sevens, the experience of being in the sevens camp. Yeah, uh, I would say it's really being, uh, I got a call up, uh, I think in April this year. Yeah, I was called, I started training, trained, and trained for one month before going to Cape Town. Uh, then after there, we, we went to Cape Town. From there, we trained, trained again for one month in Cape Town, Stalin Bosch. But the experience has really been good. Uh, I should say I learned a lot. I really learned a lot from that camp. Uh, being in that camp alone has given me a lot of confidence. I've become confident in myself. Uh, training with uh, a lot of experienced guys, Michael Wakaraj, Adrian Casito, Ian Munyani, Desire. Uh, I've learned a lot from them. Yeah, and also it was really it was really a good experience playing playing my first game. Though. Uh, Came, I, you know, as 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 a new player, there is that uh, there is that when it's your first first time playing, mm. there is always that we call it butterfly that you really yeah. that all, always that it's always there. You really you really be having it. It was there, but then uh, since I was I was uh, I was playing with a lot of experienced guys, uh, I got confident after I became confident. Uh, yeah, then I played with a good experience. Uh, Caesar, I was looking at this nail special when I was just pouring uh, uh, my last bit of it into the glass. And I remembered on the weekend when uh, when Edwin was unpacking all the coolers from the car. Uh, and then we had sent for ice. It took a bit of time to come through. Then we had to... Um, to, to, to align with Dexter, everyone was sending Dexter money for, 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 the, uh, for their contributions that we can all play, pay through uh, FlexiPay mm. and get those uh, 40k um, crates, which were at first we thought it was going to be the whole day, but then um, there were certain happy hours in which those moments were, uh, were really, really uh, great, I should say. Uh, it just gave me that car flashback and I said, man, I should bring it back because even Drunk up to now, we are still trying to recover. My voice is also still trying to recover. It was uh, very interesting. But when uh, do players enjoy sevens, man? They know. enjoy day two, the last day after really? the final. They, they even enjoy more than us. But anyway, um, 
Ruben Jack like Nicholas. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying anything. Uh-huh. So anyway, um, looking at um, what he said about the Uganda Sevens, uh, mm-hmm. it reminds me of something I read on social media um, today, uh, a conversation that you are part of. Mm. Um, where uh, one of the more renowned 15s international uh, players, mm. uh, tested players in the country, uh, Mike Otto, talked about the fact, actually let me just quote his tweet where he was saying that um, we don't own, we no longer have a 15 side. It's a natural death with a new sitting office which are yet thinking of how to explain the imperfection of a failed magic that didn't see the boys don the flag this year. The last bunch of 15s Tour de France sank bitter truth. So basically saying that this, the 15s is looking like it's going to die. Yeah. The 15s looks like it's going uh, to really just stop. Because it's, this is the second year. We mm. do not know if we're going to have any home test matches. Mm. But also, uh, it seems like there is priority for 7s over 15s. What do you have to say about that as we start to really close this close, one? Yeah. Uh, and also, before we go for international, I wanted to first make mm. mention mm. about these two clubs, because you might not ask me. Mongas and uh, Rhinos. There's something good happening there. And I want, it's not good for us to be buried, uh, be burying ourselves in the big three, CGU, what, and we don't speak about the, the developments. We found Mongas in the semi-finals. What are semis? Semis. Semis. Um, Rhinos has been giving clubs a run for their money ever since. Don't forget, last year they came from, they won that tournament, then they got promoted to the core sides again, and they've been playing amazingly well. And I wanted to mention this. I don't know so much about Monga Zeyafa, mm-hmm. but, but um, I, want, I want to mention about Rhinos because sometimes I... Pay, uh, pay attention to them, especially when I was a scout for Cobb some time back. Um, at least something has come. I, and I you wanted want to, to tell make, us you're no longer a scout for Cobbs. Um, in a, I saw you talking to some Pirates guys. Some I know. Pirates players usually come from the school that I support, so uh, I usually they are usually my friends. Also, Pirates. Anyway, uh, Rhinos. Rhinos, as I want to mention Bulotti. I, uh, a former player, I don't know whether he still plays, uh, but at least his work has come to pass. He has a bunch of, he does the same job that Danny Setuket does for Pirates. They go scouting, they go nurturing kids from school, they invite them to train with, uh, with rhinos, they go to these other undersides that are not being taken care of properly, and they say, man, you know what, come and join rhinos and we give you a chance. And they indeed really give. I wanted to mention about Gavin. Gavin, for me, one of my players of last weekend. Gavin is Angonian who came and joined uh, box, uh, trained hard box, and I think coped for some time. But then, because of the competition that was there, he wasn't. He felt like he wasn't getting enough playing time. So he comes and asks the establishment whether they, he could go to Rhinos. And at the time, very many players were going to Rhinos, and I was wondering what's happening. And then, of course, we usually say Bolotti steals our players, Bolotti steals our players from us. But you see, he's giving them a better opportunity. And we always say, we always say the kids are not ready, they are, they are going past. And then I also like saying it to get steals players and convinces their parents and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, 
there's a path that I cannot ignore. These kids have come. Rhinos is made of a bunch of years. I don't. I think the average age in rhinos is 25 years. They're just kids who run together, who play together. They struggled here. They they were un, not in the cores. They won their tournament. They're up and they're playing really, really well. So I wanted to mention that uh, man, rhinos is doing something good wherever they are, and I hope they keep it up because the more the the more the clubs competing at the at the at the, at the top. And the better because man, even their training sessions, they have numbers. They are working hard. They are running, man. It's a beautiful thing when you watch them train. And I'm happy. I'm happy. Uh, kudos to Bloti and everyone in management. I'm happy it's coming to pass. It's no longer only pirates that is being seen as kids coming up and all that stuff. But even rhinos. It's no longer the big teams that are nurturing rhinos. Right now, has if we compare who came from box uh, from. Chifaru to go to Rhinos vis-a-vis -vis Box, Cobs and Pirates and I don't know the Heathens as an under team, I think it's Stallions uh, you were, they might take the boxes more so I wanted to make mention and whatever Mongas is doing because I'm not there, but the fact that they are competing is, is really amazing back to the 7s and 15s, man I started that tweet because I was a bit frustrated I was a bit frustrated. I was frustrated with the separation in the first place. But it seems it's going to be for the good of the sport, I hope. But you also have to understand where Union is coming from. Sevens is much more. Right now, Sevens sells us better. Sevens is the one that brought us all this money that we are getting from government that we haven't gotten in a while. Uh, because all these government employees, all these ministers will go and they go for... Uh, a tournament in South Africa and they'll be like, eh, all these people, they enjoy themselves, they enjoy rugby and then they come back and they are pushing for us. So you have to not, for, for to, to quickly blame the establishment, maybe he has his views, they are there oh, and I share his views, we have really, really, really undermined 15s and this is my issue. The coaching setup of servants is given a right to cherry pick anyone they want and you see no one is blaming him because even the players they pick mm. once they make it to the setup they're also remunerated well you get uh off air uh the mongas gentleman was saying was saying he was hustling until when they called one of his players to what to sevens and then he was a bit more comfortable because the guy was getting some money you get now you can't stop olango you can't tell alan not to go for sevens because you want to try him in center position or whatever position in 15s. In 15s, they get how much? 300, 500k, and it comes after two months, three months, if eight months, you will hear they take long, you get. But servants, their money sometimes comes from government, they pay them directly, 1 million, 800k, 500k per month, they are on contract for a year, or whatever duration, in. the money is lucrative. I feel like because of that, because we are trying so much to get uh, money into rugby which is valid can't we get a balance can we because now all our most of our loose forwards most of our loose forwards are in sevens most now one of the best workers in the country Farage is in sevens Sydney who has done so well so well uh, so well on the for his club sevens Byron who had been pushed out of the seven setup because of school and stuff Back in seven, who the hell is going to play 15s? 
what if we have tournaments this year? Okay, it's an if. But we have tournaments this year. They are pushing for tournaments. And then say we get Victoria Cup in November. Do you know how long this national team is going to have to train? We are in August now. We are going to push and we have October. They will train for October. Play a team. Play, say, Kenya that has been doing tours. Play Zim that did tours last year on top of focusing us. Play like, like teams that have been together right now. The league ended. We got our rest. Fifteen players have been on a mad beer and chill plan. They tell them now to train. You need a whole camp. You get. We really don't care about it. Now you see a fifteen coach. They will tell him you have two months to prepare. He has to list. He he cannot touch seven players because you know the golden egg. Then he has to go around. And then after he picks players that have zero experience on the 15 side, we play against the tournament, we lose. Ah, uh-uh, Fredo is a poor coach. Let, let us drop him. He has not won anything. Then we will nurture. When we nurture and reach a certain level and we have players that are really good in 15s, snatch. Take to 7s because they have 7s up. Man, Massa is gone. Olango is gone. Byron is gone. Odugo is gone. I will mention. We don't have a lose for a desire. Mubarak, like everyone who does well for their club, sevens. Why? Because they have the ability and because the money is good. So what is the solution? Me, my solution. Mm. As we wrap up, I, mm. I wrap up. Mm-hmm. My solution, one, let's try and balance this. Let's let the seven, the 15 coaches be called up and say, we want to take, let Tolbert says, I want to take Farage. But then Fredo should say, eh, Man, Farage is one of my best hookers, and we have a tournament. Can you? But for you to not disadvantage a player, because now Farage also wants to board a plane. Farage wants to get that one million per month. You know, he wants to. Can we also do the 15s? We don't have a lot of time. 15s play from June to around October. Can we find a way of getting uh, the sponsor to push in more money? Or if the sponsor has given us money already, can Union find a way of, you know, I don't know how we can do it, but let's not neglect 15s because in reality, 15s rugby is real rugby. Sevens? I what don't know. Sevens? Festival rugby, really. It's festival, festival rugby. rugby. You go, you see a sevens player playing music and is known for being DJ. As in, it's fun. Very good player, but it's fun. It's fun rugby. You go, you chill, and there's money because it's fun. But 15s rugby, man. So could it be that also investments are in sevens because it's fun? Can I ask Can I ask just a small thing before, Ooh. as I finish? We've won Africa Cup three times. Ooh. I think so. Sevens. Three times? Three two, or four. Two. Three, three, or three or four. Must be three. Why is it that the 207 team that won 15s Africa Cup mm. is, made, is mentioned more? Guys, the current crop of fans... Let's, let's say like Pirates. The current group of Pirates fans do not know anyone who played in 207. They don't because they are young people. Why is it that they remember the 207 Adrian Bukenya, Timothy Mudola, and not the sevens guys that who have won it? We are now, it's almost our trophy now. Why? It's because whereas sevens makes money, 15s is rugby, guys. So me, I think... We can continue, the leadership can continue using sevens to make money, to get sponsors into the game and everything. But 15s also has to be pushed, 
has to be pushed to the level of sevens. If our 15 team reaches the same level as our sevens team, and we find ourselves competing to go to the World Cup, not begging Kenya to come and play us, then there, you know, we shall see whether 15 won't also sell us. But we over neglect, we cherry pick our players for sevens. Let's make 15s also lucrative because we have to improve it. It's really dying. If I ask Alan right now, whatever he chooses to play, of course he's going to go to sevens, man. He, you fly, you chill, there's money, there's... Man. But one thing we also have to notice is that sevens is not for everyone. But somehow, uh, anyway, it all goes back to the coaches that are picking. But me, I don't believe every player should be a sevens player. I think the coaching systems need to sit on a round table for the selection. Ooh. Yes! There okay. should be... It's not just like, hey, you... Come no. Now, like honestly, I, I know I wish players all the best, but I don't think Sydney should be in the seventh setup. There are certain players that are called up, and you're like, sevens? Oh, man, there's a criteria really, not just. I, I want to understand what the plan was for taking of Faraji Odugo there, as I know he's athletic. I know he used to be a winger, and all that is a good ball carrier. But in, which, in what position are they going to play him, and who are the other people in that position? Only is, them play both sides. Let them play both yeah, sides. Or maybe we should. Do you think we should still keep it open? You can play both 15s and 7s. I don't think Uganda is ready to separate. To separate, it it's open. not. It's why a not very good thing to separate. Yeah, because why, why is it that we are having exceptions for a few that can play uh, 15s and 7s? I remember the last tournament in France. Was it because uh, we were in France that Philippe played um, for the Even 15s? Desired it, did he? I don't remember the yeah, I don't know. No, but Philip did play for the 15s, yet Philip is a 7s player, and they, they had already made the, the, the boundary clear. I feel like that should be the line to keep it open. If, yes. if, if, if one player has to be special, keep it open then. Like keep it open. Don't, 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 don't curtail it. Because let me tell you something. If you make a choice, if it's about choice, and the play, a player like Philip, if it's about choice, Philip will choose where his, his life is better. Alan will choose where his life is better. Mm. But don't give him the choice. You think if you told Alan, come and play September, then we have tournaments, say we have Elgon Cup in November. You think Alan will refuse to play because he, he played in September? No, people love their country. Remove the separation stuff until when we are ready to do it. But And I said this when it was happening. Separation was going to hurt a side of sport. And voila! It's 15s. You know, it's 15s. I mean, Jacob Ochen went and played 15s, I think, in France. Then he was later called up for 7s, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. You get. The guy does well, tall but picks, please. <laughs> the guy does well in 15s for his club, I want him. <laughs> hey, until when? So for us, we chill, we nurture. Mm. We nurture 15s players. Then when they do well, they pick. Hey, uh, no, 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 no. Let's let them play both ways until when we are we have a situation of experienced rugby players for both sides. Then the coaches sit down, like he has said, the coaches sit down and they say, Now I want to take Farage. Hey, but Farage is the best hooker here. Where is he going to benefit more? And let it also not disadvantage Farage. If Farage is going to get one million per month for the duration of the seventh team, let us ensure that when he's refused from going to sevens and stays on fifteens, he equally gets that one million. When that when the disparities go away, then <laughs> Tobat might even suffer because 
People love 15 rugby, but people go for sevens because of the travels and the money. When the travels mm. come into play and the eh. Trevor, um, there was a rumor going around that um, uh, maybe they should start a concurrent season of sevens and fifteens in Uganda, where we, each club has certain players separated to specifically focus on sevens, while the fifteens league also goes on. These ones are also playing their circuits. Mm. What do you think about that? Is that realistic? Is that manageable? Is that sensible? I swear to God, I'd be for that any day if I lived in France. <laughs> but unfortunately, my what, what crop of players? Teams can if they can barely release a list of forty players a season. Now fifty-five. Exactly. Everything works. Exactly. But you check the lists. Very few can even make fifty. Mm. So how are they going to? Because you need a training camp for the whole season for about twenty players, sevens. You take that off, fifteens. Will, will they have anyone? Probably be stealing guys from school to play. Uh, Alan, yes. you have been particularly quiet on this. I know we don't want to put you on the spot since you're still an active player. Um, but uh, what is your reaction to that? Yeah, uh, from my side, I think it should still be open. Uh, I'm looking at it uh, from the point of view that uh, uh, we have uh, uh, very little, okay, very few. We have a shortage in the squad there. Yeah, like the player base like the player in, in base, the, for yeah, the country is still very club, small. The club uh, fails to, to, to raise 40 man squad. So I think it uh, should still be open. A player should, uh, player should, be, should, should be accepted, should be, should be let play 15s, either 15s or 7s. Yeah. Okay. Be open. Um, as we start to close this, um, Alan, yes. What would you like? What's that one thing our fans and our viewers should know about you? Like, if they were to ask you, tell us one thing that people don't know about you that you think that they should that they should know. Outside rugby. Yes. Or... Everyone knows you're a great rugby player, hard runner, everything. But that other side of you, who is Alan? Uh Okay, Alan, uh, Alan outside rugby, uh, I should say I'm still a student, I'm at Chambogo University, uh, I'm doing a course, Community Development and Social Justice, uh, I'm, a, I'm a humble guy, I'm a humble guy, uh, I'm so passionate uh, about the sport, but then outside that, uh, I, love, I, love, I, love, I love being with people, I love being around people. I love, uh, I love being around people, happy people. Yeah, yeah, that is it. Okay. Ruben, usually uh, usually Edwin, humble people me. don't say they are humble, but... Henry <laughs> asked me to ask you whether you like Nigos. And if you got some on Sunday. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, yeah, who are you asking? Uh, Alan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I please. didn't, I didn't, I didn't get. After the game, I, 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 I left. You left. I left. Yeah. I also think... Alan is a very versatile forward who will mm. help our servants come mm. very forward. Okay, that's <laughs> Me, I want I want Alan out of servants. I swear. You just want to scout him for Cobbs. No, 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 no. Alan, if Alan should be one of the people okay, they would, allowed, you be, would you be happy if he came to Cobbs? I would be happy if the best players came in Cobbs. Even <laughs> even Magom, even Desire, <laughs> but they can't. The uh, list is long. <laughs> also, we have too many good players. But anyway. 
I would want Alan to be allowed to play both ways because Alan, oh my God, Alan is going to have a very bright future. Especially, I, I understand what you're saying, especially when many of them are still young and developing. Like, they're not yet discovered themselves and the maybe kids. who they are. I know we, 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 it's too much of a luxury for us to say, we know these ones now are only for this side. For this side and not anyway, that side. Yeah. Aside from all that, Trevor. You know we have we have shared a beer one two here and there, but yeah. I have never really asked how you got into rugby. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, was that Hannah? Um, and it so happens to be that I was in the same class with Philip Okorach, mm. uh, Alfred Bijik. That was the lot. That's the time they actually came to Hannah. I was actually a footballer, a very good striker. Mm. So I used to see them playing touch. I'm like, you guys, your game is rough. They're like, just, and they were my friends. Who stayed um, with also Simon Makumbi of Cobbs. Yeah, 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 we call him Mr. What? Mr. Which branch is that? Mr. Siroc branch. I don't know if he takes you along when he's going for Siroc branch. Shout out to Makumbi. I've been to a few with him. <laughs> so, uh, Makumbi is telling me, man, but you've jungle to the near rugby boss. I'm like, wait. Maybe you caught me as if you saw all boss. Like it's tight. It's like, okay, first come and play touch. I started playing touch with these guys, with the Phillips. So I'd always be on Phillips' side, cause he always liked passing to me, and I ran on the wing, cause mm. I didn't want any contacts. So just like that, slowly, slowly, coach um the late Sogi came in, and he saw me playing touch with them. He's like, you, I want your training tomorrow. And somehow he was he was very confident I should be at training. I was like, but I have soccer. I was like, I don't care if you have soccer. Drop soccer, you're playing rugby tomorrow. Just like that, I started playing rugby at uh, at Hana uh, for a, after a year. Because I, I was playing soccer and I was really good. But after one year, I actually stepped on a plane with the under-19. Under Sogi with Philip Okoraj, the Bijiks, and all that. So, just like that, I was like, I'm not leaving this spot. After one year, I'm on a plane. <laughs> how? <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I got into it. That's very, very interesting. Why so, mongers? Huh? Why mongers? <laughs> yeah. So, after being coached by Sogi, he was by then in Buffaloes. Mm. He, uh, he was the number eight at Buffaloes. So, he was teaching us how to maul with a stick. So he caned us from one end of the pitch to the other and back, mauling. And he said, now that you've done this, come on Saturday. He got all of us pass out to go and watch his game. I want to show you how we do it. It was Buffalo's versus Hiddens. They scored three mall tries and he's the one who touched down. So after that, um, I joined Buffalo's. But for some reason, I didn't break into the team. And a group of Friends called me to, to, to play a certain junior in my vacation, to play a certain junior tournament that was supposed to happen in 2020 uh, for, for the Mongers. Yeah. And just like that, I started training with them. And the head coach noticed I was getting phoned. And he was like, who was by then Ben Chigongo? He was like, boss, are you serious with this team or not? But I had created, there was a brothership. I felt at home in Mongas. I was really feeling at home. That's the difference I 
I found when, when I joined Mongas. Mm. I don't know, I didn't feel that at, at Chadolo. But when I, when I got to, I was like, no, this is it. I don't even stay in Entebbe. That's why I was wondering how you make those commutes. So many clubs kept telling me, what's wrong with you? Why? Why are you suffering? I'm like, I, I just feel like this is all. When I come here, I'm happy. Mm. So, yeah, Mongas. Nice. Okay, or maybe it was the, 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 the proximity to the beach. <laughs> yeah? it, it, also, it also gives that off. <laughs> yeah, I know, it is a good USP to have. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, tell us about your goals for Mongas in, this, in the Nile Special Sevens. Where would you ideally, if you saw Mongas there, by let's say, let's say one, I actually want to make it a, a two-way question. Toro Sevens, what is your aspiration for the team? Mm. And then overall, what would you look at and you'd be like, you know what, I'm happy. Mongas has done well for me this season. Mm. Mm. Um, let me start with what my expectations were before we actually started. Um, before we actually started this tournament, um, this seventh season, I actually, my, my target was semifinals, making at least five semifinals and at least win one circuit. But, of course, it, wishes are not horses, but uh, we had a very poor start. Um, Stone City and then Kit Goom finish, uh, finishing in Challenger Cup. You have to revert. Now it, it trickles down to, ah man, you know what, we need to break that, that quarter-final mark. Mm. So the first time we break it, go straight to semis. We have to maintain the fire. So what I expect is at least make all semifinals until we're ready to actually take the trophy. So until you make a final, you don't be wishing for that trophy. First reach, reach your mark, then go hard. That is interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Uh, well, it's hard considering it's a young squad. Yeah. But uh, coming into this season, that is what cost my team that in the previous season. But now I included some experience, which I think is enough to take us all the way. Okay. Caesar, yes. Toro Sevens, what are you really expecting? Cobb's winning. Cobb's winning. That's my biggest expectation. Um, I want to hope and believe, because the first Toro Sevens were really nice. I hope that they have done better. I hope, and I believe they're going to do better. I mean, that team, the Western Rugby Championship, uh, champion, sorry. Mm. So I believe it's going to come. Keep in mind, Cobbs is the defending champion of, of the Toro Sevens. Yeah, yes. that was said last year in, uh, in 20, 2022. Yeah, 2022. Now, which Cobbs won beating mm. Hippos in the final? Mm. Uh, do you see Cobbs doing that again? Winning? Yes, I don't know who will play. But uh, I believe we shall win. We shall win. Um, our, uh, I, I want to believe. I want to believe they're better prepared now. And because of the, the, the fun that was left last time, I'm sure even my big, many, many more stakeholders are going to come into play. So I believe it's going to be a very, very good tournament. And I'm happy, I'm happy with how the union did it this time. They gave Toro last time, they've given it again. If an area can do like two circuits in a row, then maybe, maybe the development will be more, I don't know, strengthened. So I hope, I'm hoping for a good party. I'm hoping for a good party. So far, so good. So far, so good. Sevens have been enjoyable so far. And uh, on, on pitch, I have no doubt whatsoever. Of course, 
outside eh, upcountry seven circuits are hard because some people have jobs and stuff and they can't leave and all that stuff and they can't come on like Sunday or Saturday evening because of the distance and all. But I believe the quality of rugby is still going to be up there, up, up there for the first time in a while. I look forward to watching other teams play other than mine and that's a very good thing. Now I can watch all group stage matches. But other than you have no wedding this weekend? Uh, no, no, no. Uh-huh. Other than Cobbs, other than Cobbs playing, I would actually want to watch more of, of Rhinos and Mongas because I don't know how Mongas reach the semis. So I want to pay close attention because they must be doing something. And Gavin made me happy last weekend. Too, 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 too happy. People were asking me, how could you guys release? How could you guys release Gavin to Rhinos? But not <coughs> ignoring the fact that Rhinos has also put in the work on him. Remember, he hasn't even been here, but he comes and seamlessly is studying out, but he comes and seamlessly enters that Rhino setup. I'm going to pay closer, closer attention for my own benefit before you start saying other things. Yeah, I'm not saying anything. Why are you being defensive? Yo, so I believe Toro is going to be nice. Come on, sevens this year are going to be too nice, even when I don't like CC rugby. But the par is nice. You're just a hater. Anyway, we have had three circuits of blockbuster rugby. Um, we've had the Stone City in Jinja. We've had Kitgum. We've had uh, the Rujumba at uh, Kings Park Arena in Boyogere. Our next one is Fort Porto, and that will be the Toro 7. So there's a lot more to go. Actually, there are four circuits to go. So if you have not yet watched any, make sure you watch one that's coming up. But um, just picking up on what he's saying, to the players out there, you do not have to be constrained by the, the, the fallacy of having to play for the big three. Go out there and choose a club and find happiness and find consistent game time. You cannot develop as a rugby player without getting game time. Otherwise, you'll just be lying to yourself that you're part of a club that you've not really contributed to. Anyway, aside from that, it's been a beautiful, beautiful day. We uh, have a lot of rugby to talk about, but... Uh, on the podcast, it might end for today, but uh, for us, we'll continue here in the evening enjoying the, the lovely view and the lovely uh, soothing music of the Excelsis uh, Garden Hotel. Uh, I mean, since I want to order more tea. Excelsis. 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 These things are not there in your generation. No, no, Muchiga. Those words. No, Muchiga man. How would the normal Muchiga man pronounce Excelsis? Ah, let's continue. Anyway, guys, that was it from us today. We had over, of course, Trevor to see me, coach player of the Mongas. Look forward to seeing him play in the 1570s, imparting the wisdom. He's always telling me to come back. I'm telling him, you guys, now special is nice on the side. You know, being a fan is so nice. You criticize the other guy, you're like, man, I, that guy, you just round the other guy. Just put in the shoulder and tackle until they tell you to put in that shoulder and you feel the electricity that goes through your body. <laughs> and also we had uh, Alan Olango, of course, from the Rhinos, Rising Star, Uganda Sevens um, setup member, and also um, an integral part of Rat Rhinos are building. Um, shout out to you guys. Thank you for being part of the Fat Cats Rugby Podcast and see you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers.
Thanks for listening in. Share with us your thoughts from today's episode. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.